with a special episode today. It is uh, Sunday evening. It is November the 1st and had a beautiful, relaxing day today. We had masses at St. Joseph's uh, Parish Community in uh, Marysville, California uh, this morning. And it was the last of our outdoor masses. We'll be transitioning back inside the beautiful 165-year-old church. Um, It's just at the final stages of the restoration project, enough so that we can be moving back uh, inside. So we'll be moving back inside the church and uh, resuming our Sunday Masses. So we'll have at 8 in the morning and uh, 10 o'clock in the morning English Masses, and we'll have a 12 o'clock Spanish Mass. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, people have been returning to the church, even with the outdoor masses, and uh, the uh, parishioner count is going up and up and up. So we'll see how that goes uh, with expanding some of the masses um, indoors uh, on Sunday. And if need be, then we'll expand further into the regular masses on Saturday evening as well. Well, I had a great turnout today at Mass, and Father Mihau uh, gave a great message. You know, he's a he's such a wonderful homilist. I really enjoy um, listening to him. I can tell that he puts a lot of time into uh, preparation of his homilies. He does some research, does a lot of quoting of saints, and um, I truly enjoy them. Um, kind of regretfully... Uh, I'm saying this, there's, there are a lot of priests out there that don't, it doesn't seem that they put an, a significant amount of time into the preparation of their homilies and maybe even practicing of their homilies. Um, you know, their, what their words are and, and how they um, share those words is uh, so influential. Um, if you really think about it, the average Catholic um, doesn't do much during the week, but they do go to Mass on the weekends. And, um, of course, enjoying in the celebration of the Mass and, and the holiness of the Mass um, is a wonderful thing. But they're there to be fed, um, you know, intellectually and spiritually as well. And as you know, most homilies are, what, seven to ten minutes? And if the priest or the deacon doesn't prepare well, I think it's a missed opportunity. And so I think when a priest or deacon puts in um, a significant amount of time into preparing their message, um, I think it just is is a wonderful thing. And I think the parishioners notice it. It feeds their soul. It feeds their life. And just a tremendous thing. And so maybe we should be praying uh, for those uh, priests and deacons um, that find it difficult to give their all in the preparation for those messages that maybe um, the end of this year in 2021 will be a year of um, more inspiration for them as well. Well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, the upcoming election. I think a lot of people have just significant anxiety. Um, If you've been watching the news, you can't help but be um, pulled in to really um, kind of the fear factor. As you know, the news news agencies, they they want you hooked. They want you listening. They want you returning. They want you tuning in. And the way they do that usually is by creating, you know, uh, tragedies and, and, and fear and stoking anxiety that you just have to know what's coming next. And, and honestly, 
if you listen to the news, you notice that uh, so much of it's just hyperbole. I mean, they, what? why do we have 24-hour news channels? There's not that much news um, unless they're stirring things up, making things up. You hear about the fake news all the time, and I, I believe it's true. Um, <laughs> what happened to the days of Walter Cronkite? <laughs> <laughs> and giving the news in an unbiased way and just the facts and letting, you know, the listeners, you know, make up their own conclusions. Now everything is just agenda driven and actually ratings driven. It doesn't even have to be the truth anymore. Um, it's the, the truth is in their ratings. Um, if their ratings are up and they're making money, um, nobody seems to care anymore, um, at least on the uh, the news size. I, I think they really did earn that title of fake news um, for the most part. And um, I heard Trump say he's giving CNN a new name. He says, I'm calling you the fake, fake news. No, the really fake news is what he said. <laughs> um, I think they earned that. Um, but anyway, so, okay, here's the reality. Um, for one, um, everybody get out there and vote. Um, I, I'm in California, and I know my vote um, isn't going to mean a lot on some regards because it's such a um, left-leaning state that um, I think the who I vote for for, for president um, isn't going to really matter because I'm going to be drowned out. But there's many other things. Uh, I'm still going to vote. Um, I don't want someone... Tra taking that away from me. I'm going to give my vote. But there's so many other things to vote for, you know, senators, um, representatives, the propositions as well. And I think we need to have a voice. You need to act. Um, I think it's going to be so important. You know, don't let the polls discourage you. I, the polls, I truly believe, are a lie. Um, we found that out in 2016 when they said that Hillary Clinton was going to win by a landslide and that all the polls uh, proved that. And they've been feed, you know, they fed everybody uh, the, the, those fake polls for so long. And then the election came out and it was the opposite. Um, she did not win by a landslide. And that means they were lying. They, they were lying. Um, I don't believe that they were just that inept. Um, I, I think that they were lying. I think they were trying to persuade people to not go out, that it was a lost cause. And I don't think they learned their lesson. I think they're doing the same thing again. Well, we'll know, we'll know for sure if everybody gets out there and votes. We'll know for sure in just a couple of days what... If, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, but I do believe that I'm right. But, um, but we need to get out there and vote and to do our part. Okay, that being said, either Trump is going to win or Biden is going to win, one or the other. We know that that's going to happen. And you know what? As people of faith, I think we need to take a step back and think about this and, and, and not feel that... If one way happens, it's the end of the world. Or if another, if it if it turns out in another way, it's the end of the world. Um, I, I think we need to really think about um, the the idea and the saying that God's ways are not our ways, and He knows what He's doing, and He allows certain events and things to happen in this world that He can use for a greater good. I know many of us that are pro-life, 
um, that are Christians that worry about, you know, the defense of our religious liberties. I know that us um, who want to feel protected, um, there's, there's so many people that are strong Christians and devout Christians that are wanting Trump to win. Um, and I, and, and, and I hope he does. Um, because, um, for me, one of the biggest issues is, you know, the protection of the most vulnerable that we have. And that is, um, you know, the unborn and Trump has already proved, uh, that he is a protector of the unborn. Look at his nominations to the Supreme court. Um, you know, true and authentic uh, Catholics in his last two, at least, uh, nominations. And look what he's done in his actions. He has supported religious liberty um, and also um, the protection of the unborn. Um, so why would a Catholic not vote, you know, for Trump? That's what I don't understand. Uh, a lot of the uh, cardinals and bishops have come out recently and just said, um, if you're trying to use that old excuse about... Uh, Gosh, I want to call it uh, the woven blanket, but it's like the seamless garment. That was the title of it, about how there's lots of issues and you have to weigh out all the issues. And and you might be voting for somebody who, um, let's say, is in is is pro-choice in favor of really pro-murder, pro-abortion is a better title. But there's all these other things that they do. You have to take those into account. Um, and then you can make your decision and be justified by it. However, the these cardinals and bishops, um, because I think that's a m- bunch of malarkey. It's a bunch of bull, really. Um, these really authentic bishops and cardinals have come out recently and said that old idea of the seamless garment garment is a bunch of trash. That there are intrins there are just a few intrinsic evils in the world, meaning that at their core that it is evil. There's nothing positive about the act. There's nothing that, that that can come good of such an act. And one of those intrinsic evils is abortion. And that really needs to be elevated to the highest level. And you cannot do anything to support an intrinsic evil. So even if there's all these other issues that you think that one candidate maybe does or does not support has to do with how you treat the poor, if it has to do with immigration, or it has to do with whatever, it is not at the same level as murdering babies, an intrinsic evil. So you need to wipe those things out and you need to go to that act of the intrinsic evil. And if one candidate is in support of that intrinsic evil and one is not, there is your decision. <laughs> it's pretty plain and simple. Um, now, I know lots of people, uh, for whatever reason, will want to vote for a certain way. Maybe they've always been a Democrat and they uh, don't want to change and they will rationalize all kinds of things. Uh, and try to make them feel good about voting against the church, really. Um, not that the church is political, but um, when when politics gets in the way of human rights and really the right to life, of course we have to be political. <laughs> At least we have to uh, speak the truth. Um, if we didn't, uh, then we're not doing due justice uh, to to the parishioners, to the people of good faith around us. Um, There's one 
priest in particular that I've been listening to on a YouTube channel, and he came out not too long ago. And uh, I think his pod, it wasn't a podcast, it was a video, I guess. And it was how, um, what is it? You can't be Catholic and vote Democrat. It's a very pro, it was a very powerful video. And he got a lot of flack from some people and even threats from it. But his points were, um, were right on and um, really had to do with this intrinsic evil idea. And um, it was very powerful. But anyway, back to my initial thought. So um, one, one is going to, either Trump's going to win or lose, either Biden's going to win or lose. God's ways are not our ways. If Trump wins, um, I think we have to prepare ourselves for just civil unrest. You've seen what's happened over the last few months with uh, the Black Lives Matters and um, really these anarchists and, and what they've been doing to certain cities and just creating terror everywhere you know they go. And can you imagine when and if Trump wins, how they're going to react? Um, there's a very good chance that you're not going to want to go out into certain areas for quite a while. I know we went to the store today and stocked up on some um, perishables. We have lots of emergency food, so we're in good shape there. Emergency water, water supplies, all of that. But I went and got some perishables today because um, I think some people tomorrow on Monday might be thinking the same thing, and I wanted to beat them to it. <laughs> so I went to the store and got what I needed. And then Tuesday, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going out to vote, um, and I'll go to work, but I'm not going to any stores or anything because I can just imagine what uh, the reactions might be. Okay, let's flip it around. Let's say uh, Trump doesn't win. Let's say Biden wins. Um, I think the same is going to happen, but in a different way. If Trump wins, there'll be an immediate reaction. There'll be violence. There'll be chaos. There'll be anarchy out there. Um, and, and we'll notice it right away. If Biden wins, I think there's going to be so much pressure for Biden to... Um, to make sure that they never lose power again. And I think they're going to try to move swiftly and quickly. And I think they're going to, uh, you know, there's talk about creating two new states um, so they can, two new Democrat states so they can get some more senators to pack the senators. They're going to want to increase the number of uh, Supreme Court justices so they can pack them um, and, and unbalance, you know, the bench. Um, there's going to be lots of executive orders. There's going to be the retracting of so many quickly of the changes that Trump made. There's going to be attack on our Second Amendment and try to be a confiscation of guns. Now, these aren't just, you know, uh, what yeah, these are not just unrealistic threats. These are things that they said they're going to do. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not making this up. Um, these are, this is not a conspiracy theory. I'm just sharing with you what they said they're going to do. So, um, listen to that for just a minute. These are things they said they are going to do. And, um, and do you think that people with a conservative mindset are just going to sit back and let them take their guns, raise their taxes, do all kinds of craziness? Of course not. And so there will be a, a civil pushback for that as well. Um, I almost think that um, it will be much, much greater 
than if Trump wins. If Trump wins, there'll be an initial reaction, and I think Trump will take control, and he'll send in the National Guard or whatever he needs to do, and he'll just take control. He's pro-police. Um, do you know that there's not one uh, police union that has backed Biden? Um, because he, he did nothing with all this civil unrest. So um, so if Trump wins, I think it'll be short-lived. I think they'll move swiftly, and it will be turned around um, with isolated little flare-ups that will go on for a long, long time because there's just such crazy people out there. But, um, but if the alternative happens and Biden wins, then um, I think we are in for, I think, decades of just deterioration and our world as we know it, especially in the United States will not be the same. So be prepared. Um, Oh, but, but let me add to that. Um, is that, is that all bad if that happens? Um, you know what? Possibly not because really you got to remember this world is not the end all. This is not a utopia for us. And, um, you know, ultimately, why are we here? You know, there, there's the ten million dollar question. But wh- why are we here? To know God, to love Him, and serve Him, so we can be with Him in this world and the next, especially the next for eternal life. And I think there are so many sleepy Catholics, lukewarm Catholics, people who have fallen away from the Catholic faith. There are people that have fallen away from the Christian faith. I think there's actually very few fervent Christians out in the world. I think as the world can get darker and darker and darker, those Christians who are a light to the world will bright, will shine even brighter in contrast to the darkness. I've thought for a long time for people to become more fervent in their faith, um, to return to the faith, to really grow in their faith. Usually there has to be something that happens in their life. Yes, God can give grace at any time for this to happen in our life, but it's often through tragedy that people turn back towards God or in difficult times that people turn back towards God. So there is also a piece of me that thinks life has to get just unfathomably bad very and difficult and dark for many kind of sleepy Christians to wake up and to turn back to the faith. Um, I don't want that. I, I don't desire that. But I have this just reoccurring thought and feeling that... Uh, To save the soul of so many people, there needs to be something just traumatic that happens that will wake people up and turn them back towards God. Will there be suffering and dark, dark times because of that? Will there be, you know, just discrimination? Could there even be martyrdom? I I think so. I think so. But again, this world is not the end all. The end all is our opportunity to be with God in the heavenly kingdom forever and ever. And not that we earn our way to heaven. I think that we all know as Christians that Christ came as our Redeemer and our, our Savior and, and, and allowed us that opportunity to heaven. But God also gave us free will. And it's through our actions in life that we either embrace God or we turn away from God. I think many of us have turned away from God, and it's a time to turn back. So I pray, I pray for this election. I pray that the person that 
will represent the most vulnerable around us, especially the unborn, and the protector of our religious freedom will be elected. But I also have faith and trust that if it doesn't turn out the way that I'm hoping at this time, that God is control is in control and he knows what we need and that we will just need to respond. So please pray. Please pray that God gives us strength, gives us understanding, helps us in our life, and that we can continue to grow in holiness and love and just understanding. Thank you for listening, and uh, I hope you do have a good week. I'm looking at my computer now, and I noticed that one of my computers fell asleep, the one that controls the, the music, <laughs> my outgoing music. So I just turned it on, and it looks like it's back. So... I can say goodbye to you. I hope you have a wonderful week. And thank you for taking the time to listen to the Catholic Journey podcast. Remember, get out there and vote and really be that light to the world. God bless you and may God forever keep you. Mm -hmm.